entrepreneur. It doesn't matter where you are currently located in the world because it's time to settle in and buckle up for another exciting and potentially profitable episode of The Marketing Minute with your host, Mark Newsom, otherwise known as Mr. Marketing. Hey, entrepreneur, this is Mark Newsom, Mr. Marketing, and welcome to another exciting and, yes, potentially profitable episode of The Marketing Minute. Ladies and gentlemen, today we're going to talk about how you can give away your front-end product services for half price or less and still make a ton of money. Basically, what we're talking about here is you and I utilizing what marketers, myself included, like to refer to as the back-end. Now, let me give you a classic example of the back-end. Remember a while back when the whole GameStop uh, situation blew up? And Robinhood, in case those of you don't know, Robinhood, uh, some would say prematurely or uh, maybe were coerced into removing the buy button off their site for a while when it came uh, to allowing potential investors to invest in GameStop. Now, the reason I bring that up is because Robinhood was the discount broker, if you will, that revolutionized or at least shook up the industry as a whole to the point that even Charles Schwab and some of the other other major players started offering uh, free commissions to trade. Because ladies and gentlemen, prior to Robinhood, if you recall, it was anywhere from $5 to $15 per trade that you played in an upfront broker commission. So that kind of right there limited a lot of people from being able to get into the uh, stock market game because the fees were just too high. Now, the reason I bring this up is because Robinhood, I've watched a couple of videos, and for those of you who have Netflix, there's a very cool three-part docu-series on the whole game stock, uh, stock, pardon me, uh, situation. A whole lot, of, you know, I was hearing about it from friends and other sources, but I didn't really know the whole story. And I've since gone on YouTube, watched some videos there, and watched this docu-series, and it really opened my eyes to kind of what happened in that whole situation. It's very fascinating. But anyway, I digress. Here's the point that I'm trying to make. Robinhood makes money. They got four or five ways on the back end that they make money. They have high-end services that they offer, premium services. There's a surprise, right? They also have this whole, which they're not the only ones, but they have this uh, whole bid-ask process where they make a tiny spread per trade on a gazillion trades a day, and it adds up to a lot of money at the end of the year. So the point that I'm saying is they could very strategically say, hey, look, we don't have to charge you on the front end to get you, you know, into our universe so then we can offer you other products and services. Ladies and gentlemen, the same way a bank will offer super discounted rates to their high-end clients on a, uh, or customers, I should say, on their uh, safety deposit boxes because they know the more services they can provide on the back end, mortgages, insurance, investment advice, and on and on and on, that and credit cards, the more likely that customer is to stick around. So let me give you an idea of what I'm talking about when I say you can give away your high-end, uh, excuse me, your front-end products and services, especially if they're semi-high-end and you still make a ton of money on the back end. Let me have a sip of water here. Ladies and gentlemen, some of you know the name Kevin Harrington, correct? He was an original cast member on the mega... Uh, 
mega hit TV show, ABC's uh, Shark Tank. Kevin left the show after the second year. He's doing a lot of entrepreneurial stuff. And in his sizzle reel, this little short video that he has out, it, you know, it promotes him and his brand. They say that Kevin Harrington to date has generated a staggering $5 billion in worldwide direct response, direct marketing uh, campaigns all over the world. He's worked with some of the biggest celebrities in the world. You know, plenty of the names that, that you would know. But here's the reason why I bring this up. Kevin is also a highly sought after keynote speaker. He's a mega best-selling New York Times best-selling author of several different books. So imagine this. I don't know what Kevin gets for his uh, paid speaking gauges. That's none of my business. But follow this. Let's suppose Kevin Harrington gets between ten and twenty-five thousand dollars. You know, I'm just using that as an, an example. And he's invited to come speak somewhere, and it's going to be a live audience of anywhere from four, four thousand to say seven thousand people in you know any one arena or whatever. And fifteen minutes, twenty minutes before Kevin's scheduled to come out. Kevin walks out on stage, you know, people are taking pictures and they're putting it up on social media and Twitter and all that. And he's just asking questions. Anybody have any questions? You know, this is what he's going to be speaking about. Anybody have any particular questions? And he's doing several things. Number one, he's doing research and his team is taking notes of these questions. So he'll know what kind of blog and podcast content to come uh, put out, what type of guests to invite onto his uh, Sharkpreneur uh, podcast that he co-hosts with. Uh, mega best-selling author Seth Green, who's also a direct response marketing expert, and if I can also mention, some of you know, I was recently on a guest on Sharkpreneur, and it just the they sent me the link because it went live Monday, October 26th at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So it's now on YouTube. You can go to Shark their Sharkpreneur YouTube channel, put in episode. 840 or just put in Sharkpreneur, my name Mark Newsom, M-A-R-K, Newsom, N-E-W-S-O-M-E, and it should come up. You'll see uh, Seth Green on one side, a shark between us who appears to be coming out of the water, and then whoever the special guest is, in this case it would be me, you'll see my picture there. So anyway, but I want you to think about this. Let's say this particular speaking engagement, Kevin is supposed to receive $15,000, that's his uh, keynote speaking fee. And while he's out on stage, you know, chatting with the audience and answering these questions he says ladies and gentlemen do you know the one question I get 85 percent of the time whenever I do these talks and of course you know the audience is quiet and he says how to get financing raise money from venture capitalists he said that's the number one question I get all the time he says so I want to share something with you and he points to his uh, presentation where you know it's going to be a PowerPoint and there's a website there and it's for this venture capitalist and Kevin says, ladies and gentlemen, if you go to that website and fill out this short form, you will have the opportunity to speak one-on-one -on -one with this particular venture capitalist firm. He says, and in full disclosure, I am what's called an affiliate or a joint venture partner, meaning any business that's done, I receive compensation. He says, I want you to know that. He says, they have a one-time fee of... Uh, an application fee of $200 or X, he says, and I get half or $100. Now, typically, Kevin's going to get 40% of the audience, no matter what the size is, 40%, 4 out of every 10, are going to not only go to the website, 
the recapture page address he has, but they're going to pay that fee. So it's very possible Kevin might make $15,000 on the front end or $10,000 on the front end and $150,000 to $200,000 on the back end. So here's my question to you. If you were in a situation where you could generate, in this case, let's use $15,000 and $150,000, 10 times what you would make on the front end if you could make that on the back end, would it make sense for you to systematically and strategically lower your front end cost to the, to the uh, potential company that wants to ask you to speak because you know on the back end you're going to make that kind of money? Well, that's what we're talking. Look at Robinhood. Robinhood is smart enough to people that own that company to say, we don't need to make money on the front end, on a commission to trade. We need to get you in the door and then sell and market to you some of our other premium products and services. Ladies and gentlemen, this is done all the time in so many ways you and I just don't see. No offense because you think linear, but let me get back to this, this thing with Kevin Harrington. Kevin Harrington had on one of his uh, episodes I saw on YouTube, he was being interviewed by, uh, I don't want to butcher his name, Ed, is it Milet? And Ed, who looked to Kevin as a mentor and and introduced him that way. He was telling telling Kevin how some of what Kevin had done had benefited him and he, you know, just felt great for him, wanted to return a favor, and that's why he wanted to have Kevin, he wanted to interview Kevin and to share with people what Kevin had meant to him in terms of growth as a as an individual and entrepreneurship and a leader and all that. So Kevin said, Ed, I have a special phone number that I want to share with your audience. He said, and, and you know, they could they would text this number and they would get back this special report from Kevin. So I tried the number and it didn't work. So the point, here's the point that I'm trying to make with that. I'm reaching out to Kevin's people to find out if that number or a new number is still available. And I want to start adding it in different and potential uh, blog posts and social media posts and on this podcast. And the reason being, not so much to get a fee from Kevin, is so that if anybody ends up doing business with him and he says, what did you hear of me about? Here, you know, how'd you hear about me? And they say, Mark Newsom. And he kind of thinks, who is Mark Newsom? He said, well, he says he's been on your show, Sharkpreneur. You know, he says he was on with Seth Green. And then Kevin goes, does some research. And, hey, hey, there he is. Who knows? Maybe Kevin might reach out to me and I can run some of my ideas by him. Not that he would take me up on it, but you, you get my drift. So the point of what I'm trying to share with you in this particular episode is, ladies and gentlemen, don't get super hung up on the front end. Yes, you need to make a profit. But if you hook together the right back end by testing, you might find over time that your business model is way more profitable if you do like Robinhood. We'll forgo that front end traditional cost of X to get you in the door because there's way more money in the back end. Let me have a sip of water. But you're never going to get there if you don't start thinking like a marketer. And that's what this podcast and my blog, YouCanMarketOnlineNow.com, is all about. It's trying to get you to see the different ways you can get to 10. If I say 6 plus 4 and you don't see 7 plus 3, 8 plus 2, 9 plus 1, 5 plus 5, pardon me, and that's just using addition, I failed you. 
But more importantly, ladies and gentlemen, you failed yourself. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I've mentioned this before. You know the home business expose, these people that travel around and they do these one to three day workshops and they have a you know a myriad of different speakers on everything, you know, how to make money in real estate, how to make money in foreclosures, how to make money with social media, how to make money using the internet, how to make uh, money investing in cryptocurrency. You name it, they've got an expert or experts on the subject speaking in their exposés because even with the virtual stuff still going full guns now that the physical attending physical events are coming back big again these exposés and when i say home business ladies and gentlemen, i'm not talking about mlm home business although you know that that's a valid home business too but i'm saying these other type of entrepreneurial things that have always been around how to make money on ebay how to make money day trading you know whatever the hot subjects are they need physical bodies in those chairs to promote their products and services on the back end. Now, usually what happens if it's a one a two-day event, between 50 and 60% of people don't come back for day two. And that's why these promoters got smart and started offering away these really nice bonuses, laptops and uh, trips to Hawaii and all this other stuff on the back end to get people to come back, ethically bribe them to come back. Well, the situation hasn't changed. And ladies and gentlemen, I have a book. It's a workbook now, not a, a hardcover book. But it teaches men and women, possibly someone like you, how to make money in what's called the discounted note industry, or some people call it paper, which is just a slang for debt. Long story short, I'm more than happy to allow any of these promoters, especially the ones who have real estate investment type of uh, conventions, they could sell the book on the front end, which right now, hard costs would be about probably between $12 and $15, you know, just depending on where they go to print the book. It's 160 pages, and let's use $15 as a hard cost, and they could sell it anywhere from $37.99. I sell it in some publications, uh, newsletters, for $69.99. So they have a window there of $39.99 all the way up to $69.99. But they don't have to try to get the full retail price to make money because if they're selling, let's say $39.99, let's just use $40. If they got a $40 sales price minus a $15 cost, that's $25 per book times the number of books they can sell. They can sell $10,000, $20,000, $30,000, $50,000, $100,000, quarter of a million, whatever the number is. They get to keep all of that because I'm not all after the front end cost for the retail book. The book teaches you how to go out and either find or create these transactions so that a financial institution can buy this debt known as paper. It basically, the way it works is if somebody sells, uh, ideally, a single family home and they participate in the financing or carry financing, they can sell that debt instrument. They can at least sell part of it, which is referred to as a partial, or they can sell the entire uh, debt at a discount. You need to understand that going in. But the point that I'm trying to make is this. There are institutional investors, some of whom I'm in contact with, who will buy those debt instruments. They pay all the closing costs. The only cost you and I occur is to find and successfully negotiate the deal because just 
me give you a simple, simple example. Let's suppose somebody has a debt instrument that still, they took it back for 15 years and it still has 13 years ago so at a certain interest rate and they're getting so many payments, they don't want the incremental monthly payments. They want a lump sum of cash and going about their business. Well, that financial institution, depending on how much they are, A, borrowing the money from the public and then retailing that money, meaning they're going to go out and invest in this uh, debt instrument and let's say they can yield 9%, but they borrow from the public at 2 or 3%. Well, they make that 6% spread on all these transactions, and they allow you and I to get in front of that and go directly to the uh, person that's holding this debt instrument, depending on what part of it, in America anyway, part of the country, and they call it a trust deed or a second mortgage or a land contract or an agreement for deed on uh, a contract for deed. They got all these different names. Basically, it's a debt instrument secured by real estate. Uh, I was going to say, ideally, a single family home, but it could be a duplex, a triplex. They'll even do land, but the, the yields are not as good. But here's my point. You and I get in front of those people, give them a price, which in reality, this institutional or whoever's actually buying the debt instrument is paying the whole thing. We're just carving out a piece. So you can't say, let's say if they're going to write a check for $100,000, you can't say uh, $65,000 and think you're going to make that difference because there's too much competition is the point that I'm trying to make. So you'd have to be reasonable. And depending on how fast you could close and, you know, all these other variables. Well, anyway, that book teaches you how to do it and in full disclosure, ladies and gentlemen. I would say less than one in a hundred will actually stick with it. Okay, so this, you know, this is not like day trading where you just sit at the computer all day, push buttons and all that. It's going to, you know, some legwork involved and some expenses. But the point being, I will settle for one out of, I'd settle for one out of every 200 provided I can get between two hundred and five hundred thousand of these books circulated either digitally or physically. Doesn't matter to me. Because I also have a, a workbook on the back end called How to Make a Marketable Difference, which is, helps them with the marketing. But even without that, I'll settle for that one percent of, of a huge number now, is what I'm trying to get you to understand. Because one percent of a half a million, well, I'll let you do the math. Meaning, when I say 1%, meaning that's how many people would be bringing these institutions on a monthly basis deals, and maybe 25 to 40% of them would get closed, and I'm going to get a percentage of that. And I'm splitting. Like, let's say if they ends up the spread of one particular deal is $1,500, I would split with what I call the bird dog, the person who read the book and went and found the deal. And then I have a worksheet in the book that they fax in to my particular lender, the lender gets back with them and then tells them this is the price they're willing to pay. And then that person decides what they want to charge, you know, as, as a commission to finalize the deal. And they'd get half and I'd get half because the institutional investor at the closing is going to pay for everything. And then a check is going to go to the, the bird dog and to myself. If I hope, you know, that was a condensed enough example to explain what's going on there. But the point what I'm trying to get at is. I'd gladly let them make the front end on that book if I can get the volume because that's where the big money would be. So by the same token, think about Kevin Harrington. He steps out on stage, or Marie Forleo or Frank Kern or uh, any of these big time speakers, Grant Cardone, Russell Brunson, any of these people or somebody speaking 
at, at a Grant Cardone event where there's going to be 10,000 people, or a Russell Brunson event where there's going to be 10,000 people in the audience, or an Annex Seagal uh, podcast where going to be all these people. Here's the point. Let me take a sip of water. What if you're a video marketing company and you make these really super cool videos? And here's uh, Grant Cardone. He walks out on the stage. He's a special guest. They're paying him X to you know come speak. And he says, let me show you this three-minute video reel that my, the company that I do business with that does videos made for me. And he shows the audience this really cool, slick, edited video. And he says, any idea what a video like that would cost? And, you know, people throw out numbers. He says, I'm going to tell you how much it costs. $72,000 for them to make this video. And, you know, can I hear a hush over the crowd? And he says, but guess what? I've put together a special arrangement with them. They'll do your first video. As long as it's under X amount of minutes, it would normally cost somewhere between forty-five and sixty thousand dollars. They'll do it for you for twenty thousand dollars. And he says, in full disclosure, I get a percentage of that because I'm an affiliate. Now again, he does this. I'm saying just you know, this is hypothetical. He or Marie Forleo or any of these people do this before they even take the stage, or I mean, you know, before they actually give their presentation. They're just out warming up the crowd and they do this as an affiliate. Hopefully, you can see how much money is just sitting there dormant. If you're a video uh, marketing expert, you should be making arrangements like this. You don't have to go after the high Russell Brunson. I mean, it's great if you can get those kind of people, you know, Tony Robbins, but just go after the mid-level people and build a portfolio so you can show people. You know, because what, what a lot of people like to say, proof of concepts worth far more than just theory. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, ladies and gentlemen, for a long time, well, not a long time, I originally peered on Sharkpreneur, the show, the, the uh, podcast starring... Uh, Kevin Harrington and Seth Green, July 5th, uh, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, July 5th, a Tuesday. Monday was 4th of July in America, Independence Day. And I was scheduled originally for 4th of July, and then they sent me an email said, canceled. And I thought, uh-oh, what happened? And they just said, Mark, we're not going to be doing, you know, a show that day. You know, we probably have a repeat plan, but... Anyway, we scheduled you for July 5th. So between from July 5th up until Monday, October 26th, I was just kind of in limbo wondering, you know, when am I going to get this link? And I didn't want to reach out to them and sound, you know, desperate and all that sort of thing. But the point being, what I'm saying is during all of that uh, time, it was worth the wait because now I have credibility. I take that screenshot put it in emails. You see, I'm mentioning it here. I'm putting it in uh, future blog posts. I'm telling people about it. And if they need to see physical evidence, I just send them the link to YouTube. It's Sharkpreneur, episode 840, or Sharkpreneur, Mark Newsom. Either way, it'll get you to the same place. And they can see for themselves. So you can see what type of tremendous credibility that builds in people's minds. So before we wrap things up here, ladies and gentlemen, you head off into your day. I hope you can see how if you can see past the front end. Now, I'm not telling you to be like Walmart and uh, officially and strategically lose money on purpose up front, what they call a lead loss. But really, them selling something that costs is not a lead loss because they're 99 percent of people walking that store are not walking out with just that one item. And Walmart and Target and these other people are banking on that. 
But the point is for you to be able to start to see that that is a viable strategy that's just so far underutilized. It's pathetic. So on that note, let's do a little quick housekeeping so you can go on about your way. First of all, ladies and gentlemen, if you got value out of this or any other episodes you've listened to, and I sincerely hope you have, please, I gladly accept your referrals. Please, pardon me, feel free to share it with any and everybody you know who's serious about business and entrepreneurship. And hopefully, they'll thank you for it later. Now, here's the other thing. Entrepreneur, if you're on LinkedIn, and I sincerely hope you are, it is the business bar, pardon me, the biggest bar none B2P platform on the planet. If you're on LinkedIn, please reach out to me. I don't know if it's going to say connect or follow, but whatever it says, I will do the same. And then when you and I post, we tag each other and we comment and we share. And this way it helps us both organically. Entrepreneur, if you've gotten value, I, uh, from reading my blog, uh, my blog, you can market online now.com or listening to this particular podcast, two things. Number one, I want you to create a short video in which you introduce your company or your service, give your web address, then go into, you know, some brief details about how reading my blog or listening to this podcast or a combination of both has helped you out. I, in turn, will gladly share your video with future. I'll embed it in future blog posts. I'll share it on social media. I will also share it uh, with my uh, email list. Now, here's that. And you know, again, you don't have to do that with me. Now, here's the other thing. If you know of any not, this is important, listen, non-franchise, re, uh, non-franchise retail appliance dealers, retail jewelry concerns, retail furniture concerns. I normally walk work off what's called a 25% performance basis, which means every dollar I help them generate that they clearly didn't have before we started working together, I will gladly grandfather you in at 50% of my 25% of the front in generated income or opportunities only, meaning I keep 100% of the back end. Now, here's the other thing. If you have a podcast, ladies and gentlemen, that's business oriented, entrepreneurial based, and you honestly and sincerely think the skills, the, uh, ex, uh, the experience, and the expertise, and the contacts, uh, and the resources that I have would be of value to your tribe, I trust your judgment. Send me an email. Uh, on the contact page of my blog, you can market online now.com forward slash contact. Put in the subject line potential guest podcasting opportunity or podcasting opportunity in the body of the email. You don't have to write a novel, but just let me know, know why you honestly feel I would be a fit for your audience. Send me your details. Let's set it up. Let's do it. Now, the other thing is, ladies and gentlemen, Nobody walking the planet, no one person, is right for everybody. You and I are not the exceptions, nor are we trying to be. So I said that to say this. My current um, consulting, one-on-one consulting rates, ladies and gentlemen, very affordable, just $250 an hour. You can do one and done. I don't recommend it. That is not the best bang for your buck, but it's your budget and you're the boss, and I respect your judgment. A much better bang for your buck is you prepay up front for three sessions, $750, $250 a piece. I throw in a bonus session, an hour session, which makes that value now $1,000, bare bone minimum. You 
get the link to every episode uh, via Zoom because we'll jump on Zoom and we'll record it. That's not an affiliate link, by the way. It's Zoom, Z O M dot U S, and we'll sequentially build on what happened before. You can also do a free 15 minute discovery session in which you bring one issue to the table and we get at it after it for 10 or 15 minutes, uh, 20 minutes, and you'll get the recording to that, the link, and you'll have that moving forward from now in case, you know, if it's just a one and done thing. Ladies and gentlemen, here's the other thing. I want you to go to my blog. I want you to pick out at least three separate categories on my blog. And which in within, pardon me, each separate category, I want you to read at least one of my blog posts. If there is a video, especially one of mine, embedded in the blog post, I want you to watch it at least twice. But no matter who the video is from, I want you to watch it at least twice, take some notes. And if there is a podcast episode, which 99.% of the time it will be from this uh, podcast here, The Marketing Minute, I want you to listen to it at least twice. Take some notes and start implementing, because that's the key. It doesn't matter how many notes you take. You you could be a professional student to the day they put you in the ground, ladies and gentlemen. If you don't implement, it's not going to matter. But the point is, after that exercise, you will know definitively either yay or yay or nay, meaning we should be working together. You should be a paid customer and hopefully a repeat client, or we should. I trust your judgment. Now, while you're at my blog, ladies and gentlemen. Be sure and grab my free nine-page special report, which is all about this concept of back-ending. And I also want you to grab your 22-part sequential follow-up email series, which is a $97 value. But having said all that, I want to say this. Ladies and gentlemen, if at the end of the day you do all of that, meaning you know you join my list and you read the free report at least once, nine-page special report, and you start listening or start reading the uh, follow-up sequential email messages, and you just realize, you know what, Mark, this just simply is not for me. Then here's what I want you to do. Please feel free to unsubscribe anytime you wish for whatever reason you want, and you and I can still be friends. Fair enough? I hope so. Ladies and gentlemen, on that note, this is Mark Newsom, and yes, entrepreneur, I am definitely looking forward to being with you again very shortly for another exciting and potentially profitable episode of the Marketing Minute. And remember, entrepreneur, it's not how or where you started at. It's where you ultimately end up that counts.